Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Adam Horowitz is a gifted multi-instrumentalist, writer, MC, producer, actor, singer, and nice person who currently lives in the state of California. Originally from New York City, Horowitz, Michael Diamond, and the late great Adam Yauk revolutionized modern music as the pioneering hip-hop group Beastie Boys, in which they respectively performed as Ad-Rock, Mike D, and MCA. Beyond a stunning discography in which every album is an essential, timeless, and influential release, Beastie Boys transformed music video productions, made memorable appearances on television, and contributed to a lot of positive and galvanizing thoughts about human potential on this strange planet. Since Adam Yauch's deeply sad and untimely passing in 2012, Beastie Boys are not an active musical group, but that doesn't mean they don't still make cool and unique things. In 2018, Spiegel and Grau published the monumental Beastie Boys book, which was complemented by an ambitious and star-studded audiobook, which must be heard to be appreciated. And after Horowitz and Diamond staged a book tour in select theaters, director Spike Jones created the entertaining 2020 film 
Beastie Boys story for Apple TV+. Beastie Boys have been a force of good in my life since I was nine years old. And after many years of trying to make this happen, I'm so thrilled to present this talk I had with Adam Horowitz about many aspects of that band, including their records and recent projects, covering most periods of their existence, delving into some curiosities I've had about various things they've done that impressed or baffled me over the past 30-odd years, whether fans can expect fresh, unreleased Beastie Boys music, and an update on the long-lost Hot Sauce Committee Part 1 album, whether or not he writes rhymes and makes music much these days, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which is the primary source of revenue for all the work that I put into this podcast. If you can support the show financially, uh, like I say, it's flexible, it's monthly. You can learn more about how to do so at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very friendly staff. will help. They'll help you with whatever you need, really, if you go see them in person. Or, hey, if you want to order something using their website, blackbird.ca, you can. Say you want to order, uh, I don't know, the entire Beastie Boys discography. Well, good on you. You can, maybe. I don't know. Type in what you want at blackbird.ca, and they'll either be able to deliver it to you or keep it in stock for you, and then you can come pick it up. Thank you to Blackbird Music. I just want to say that. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, with extra special thanks to Guy and Kathy for hooking this up. This is episode 770 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Adam Horovitz, also known as Ad-Rock from Beastie Boys, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Just letting you know that uh, my dog's been barking a lot today, so you might hear some barks. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I'm a fan of dogs. What's your dog's name? Terry. Terry. T-E-R-R-Y? Terry? Is that how you... I don't know why. I can't I remember if, there's, if it's a Y or an I. Whatever. It's a dog. <laughs> it's a dog. Uh, that's nice. It's uh, the dog that's at my house. It's and, and it's your dog. It's not an intruder dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no. Nice. Nice. Terry sounds like a good... That's a good name for a dog. Is it named after somebody? I mean, not particularly. Okay. But, I mean, sort of, but not really. Sort of? I mean, kind of. <laughs> We've had the dog for a while, but, you know, Terry obviously, like, is, you know, Terry Hall from the specials mm-hmm. is, you know, my probably my favorite Terry. Yeah. I, I can't even think so. of other Terrys uh, off the top of my head that aren't hockey players, so... Let's go with Terry, Terry Hall. Terry Gar. I don't know. Terry, oh, kind of, Terry Gar. That's a T-E-R-I, though. See? That's yeah, a different. Yeah. That's so why I, I asked. See, I it was re- it was Jermaine that I asked. Anyway, it's very nice, incredibly nice to get to speak with you. I can convey to you, and I, I I don't mean to fawn right away, but this is very meaningful to me and my household. We are Beastie Boys fans for life, and I don't know exactly how that happened. Well, I I share a lot of the blame. I just want to say it's an honor. Thank you for this time. Uh, I want to begin after fawning by asking, where in the world are you today? Well, I'm in my kitchen. You hear the phone? I, why do I have a phone? 
You have a telephone, like a landline? I've, I've been, yeah, I've never uh, answered it. We, I just installed one a couple months ago because I yeah. realized my kids, if something were to go haywire, they don't have phones. You know. So they, yeah. we taught them you dial 911 and nothing will probably happen. Uh, but still, I understand. It's fine. I don't hear it. That's fine. Uh, where, where in the world, though, is your kitchen? Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm in, I'm in uh, California. Are you living? Oh, you want my street address? No, I don't want. You want my street address? Well, I don't think it's okay. it's not rele- it's not relevant. Do you want to give it? I don't. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'd re- I don't mean no. I don't know. What? You can come over if you want, but I don't, you know this is this for is another smart. time. <laughs> another time. What? What? what I'll, bring, te- I'll text it to you. Okay. So you have a home in? Uh, are you are you bi coastal? I think of you as New York, Adam. That's why I I ask. Yeah, no, um, I've been here for a couple of years. It's it's nice. You know, change of pace. Yeah. Okay, cool. Are you, uh, is, 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 is this become complicated as a basketball fan to be bi-coastal? Because you already had a situation. I've always wanted to ask someone like yourself about this, because based on my knowledge of uh, the Beastie Boys, Knicks fans, but then you got yeah. the Nets in Brooklyn. So I initially was like, what do they do with that? What do you do as a Brooklyn, New York person? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm a, man, I, you know, I'm a Manhattan person. That's true. I am, I am. Born and raised in Manhattan. I've, I've always been a Knicks fan. We're Knicks fans. Um, our family. Mm-hmm. I nothing against the Brooklyn Nets. They're just another team. Okay. You, do you cheer? Do you want them to do well? Is there a rivalry in I, New You York? know, I want. I I don't want them to do poorly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm a Knicks fan. You, it look. You really you don't know what it's like being a Knicks fan. I guess you know for a Raptors fan up until recently. I guess you kind of know, but yeah. Any kind of Toronto hope fan. is, you know, yeah. you keep you keep hope in your pocket when you're a Knicks fan. So even as an East Coast, I'm from Ontario originally. So even as an East Coast, I, yeah. I now live in Edmonton. So I don't really have a basketball region per se. But I used to hate the Lakers a lot. Uh, Most people do. Yeah, but I, I even the other day, I, I I try I I try to talk to my friends from here and let the, you know remind them that the rest of the country hates the Lakers. So you're you're not no. are you, you're not going to Lakers? Are you do you go to Lakers or Clippers games? I went I went to the Knicks Lakers game. Okay, so you're representing. Okay, that's good. And and how are you feeling generally? If I may, as we're speaking, it's almost the end of the regular season. Uh, this wasn't, by the way, meant to be a complete ball talk. I just thought I'm making conversation because I'm yeah. I'm obsessed with basketball right now. It's been a weird season. I find. Uh, how are you finding the season? How are you finding? By the way, Knicks doing surprisingly well i would argue uh, how are you feeling about uh, basketball yeah. right now um i am excited about the basketball <laughs> i love the basketball <laughs> as usual um yeah i you know i don't want to say about the knicks like it like i said it's tough to be hopeful when you're a knicks fan for you know like a lifelong knicks fan it's exciting yeah and they're in fifth place right now which is fantastic mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Julius Randle's status as of right now. Yeah. I didn't watch yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy for them. I'm not. I I can't get too excited. Th- that's fine. Are you someone? Because I uh, one of our mutual friends, a fellow named Guy, will only really talk to me about how the Wizards in Washington are doing, and and he is, and then he assumes yeah. I only care about the Raptors. But I long ago. You remember when Wayne Gretzky got traded from the Edmonton Oilers to the Los Angeles Kings in 1988? Uh, I mean, I don't know where I was at the moment when I heard, but I kind of, sure, Wayne Gretzky, no, I'm not, 
uh, hockey's fine. Hockey's fine. But my point is, imagine being, what was I? I was like 11 years old. And you're like, the guy just, they just won. By the way, so Adam, brief history lesson. Guy won them four cups, four Stanley Cups. And they traded him the summer after they won yeah. the last cup. And I was like, oh my, as a child, I was like, what? And then as I got older, I realized, oh, it's all just business. And this is all just laundry. And they just go wherever they go. They're little pawns in some people's games. So I got less about... So when Guy's like uh, Raptors, I'm like, well, to be honest, I just like the game now. I just follow whatever's on the TV. I, I just love basketball so much. I don't even... I mean, I will pick... If there's three things, I might pick one of them and then alternate between channels. Are you at that yes, stage? Yes, I have my, I have my teams. I, I do have my te- my league pass teams, of course. Okay, so who... So are you allowed to say as a Knicks fan... Who else? Yeah, I, but what? I mean, you can't, what, just because you like uh, Bruce Willis? Does it mean you can't like, uh, what the fuck is, you know, some other motherfucker? I don't know. Jason Statham? Um, Jason Statham is maybe the comparable? Oh, that was a good one. Well, they're both That's bald. not what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking Neeson's. Neeson's oh, yeah, Liam sorry. Neeson. Yeah, he's, yeah, he stepped Whatever. up his action game there. That's true. That's true. No, I just wonder. So you're, um, you're not. Yes, a, I love, I, yes. Yeah. The Grizzlies, uh, the Thunder. Um, I like Utah. I'm you just like saying. you like Utah. I've, you got to have one of those. <laughs> they, 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 um, okay. You know, I, I, I'm excited for all of them. I, you know, I, I, I regret oddly not watching as uh, many uh, moments of the Houston Rockets this season. Oh, okay. The Rockets. Interesting. So you the Rockets. You're you're, yes. you're into the lower tier teams as well. It's not all the glory. not necessarily. I think there's like a couple people that are like I didn't watch enough. Um, Shea, I didn't watch enough Thunder. Yes. My, you know what I mean. My son is obsessed with Shea, who's Canadian. So we got that going on. I didn't know on. that. Yeah, well, we have to keep I, I was watching a game. I was watching a game, and I noticed that he was when he was injured or sidelined, he was wearing a Reba McIntyre shirt. Did you ever? Oh, Reba McIntyre. Sorry, I was thinking of Rita McNeil, yes. who is a Canadian icon. Reba McIntyre, the country singer. Oh, no. Reba McIntyre, oh, yes. That's fascinating. I wonder what that's anyway. about. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm going to send you the picture. <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I did not know that. Well, listen, I appreciate the NBA uh, talk. I will say uh, that I, I was really looking forward to this uh, on on the one hand, but I got full on Beastie Boys uh, zone for myself, and I dug in to this fantastic. I'm going to hold it up like we're on a TV talk show, even though no one's going to see this. This book of yours is one of my favorite books yeah. of all time. It's called uh, Beastie Boys Book. Uh, I didn't for the listeners. It's fantastic. I loved it as soon as I got it. You know my sister when the audiobook came out, she's like, "Oh my god, the audiobook's fantastic." I'm like, "That's cheating. Audiobook's the best." It, uh, audiobook is the, the best. The audiobook is the best, and I just want to confess that I didn't dig in until recently cuz she said it and I'm like, "Why would you listen to the audiobook when you can read the book? That's cheating." on the test. And she was like, I don't know, you should check out the audiobook. And I did, and it's fantastic. So ambitious. I, I have so many questions about that. Uh, but I, what I was going to say is, in studying you guys recently and in my whole life, I have noticed that you tend to have a penchant, all of you did, for goofing on interviewers. And that gave me a little bit of nervousness. Not mean-spirited. Just like, we are not going to answer any questions sometimes, and we're going to just go and have fun. That was a conscious thing for all of you to be like, we can't take ourselves this seriously with these serious questions. Is that fair? I mean, look, 
we started doing interviews when we were teenagers, right? And so if you you and your two best friends when you're what 18 are supposed to be in a serious environment answering I don't know. We just we're, I don't know. We were just idiot teenagers. I don't know. We did. We thought it was funny, <laughs> but it seemed to carry on. Not you know, <laughs> into and your twenties and thirties. Yes, yeah. and then <laughs> yes. But there's also a thing of you know having conversations or just you know somebody that's like, oh shit, I got this gig and nothing to get. You know, every we all got to eat. We got to work, and so you know somebody who's you know a music person that has interesting questions about music or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, as opposed to someone who's like, oh shit, I got, you know, my Reba thing in like a half hour and they just, it's just questions that like could be asked of anybody. Yes. Not, that's just not as fun. I don't think. Right, right, right. Okay. So you, what, you know, but, but so it it was just a way to, you seem to be, uh, amusing yourselves as much as possible is what I'm getting at. And I always enjoyed it, uh, as a child, (laughs) as a kid, like just how much fun you seem to be having at the expense of you know, some people. And I, I just I just wanted to say that I appreciate it, although now I'm a little nervous. But I don't I feel fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Well, the good news is you don't know where I live. So well, I have an approximate I could just be <laughs> a, <laughs> a kitchen in California. <laughs> you know what? I really don't like I don't like these. What's that? The headphones? Oh no, those No, those they're like the pull of cabinets. Yeah, yeah, they're the old school cabinet handles, I would say. Yeah. Uh can't you re- replace them or something? That's my toaster. Toaster oven. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just wanted to set the scene for people. You've got a toaster I oven. Know, I appreciate it. I know. That's Very an old specific. that's sort of old school uh in a sense. Well, I switched. Are, I I switched from a toaster to a toaster oven. You switched completely. I used to have both. I used to have both for the toast oh, and the Pop-Tarts and then the toaster oven for the reheating of... Th- I hate microwaves. Always have. Yeah. Do you like microwaves? Uh, I do now. I never had one growing up. You you like them now. So, I, I I thought... I think oh, I got my first one when I was like 32. Oh, okay. Well, I've, I just want to say I'm team toaster... I only say this because they're relatively the same shape. Team toaster oven over microwave is what I wanted to, to mention there. Uh, so I'm glad you, you highlighted that. My point was... You know, gonna... I, 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 have a, I don't have the time. You know, I've just got this and that to do. Yeah, I'm sure. on the go. But you can't put like a samosa in a microwave. You can't. It doesn't... You can. You can. It's no. just soggy. I, you know what it is? I've grown to appreciate soggy food. <laughs> <laughs> but I like if a food is meant to have a crispiness to it, I find the microwave, and I'm not a scientist, but it sucks all the good yes, juice, yes. like the good stuff out of it. It's it microwave. It, yes, wait. yes, yes. So I that, have I have microwave samosas often, to be honest with you. That's a travesty. And I'm so a, it's kind of like a kind of damp ball. It, it, it's pretty it, good though. Do you hear what, how you're talking about my people's food? That's disgusting. Look, you'll see. After after age fifty, man, it's all downhill. <laughs> you know, you got to watch out for your teeth. Oh, that's oh, true. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. You want it soggy? Uh, no, this is good. I want to talk to you about uh, this book then, because we've talked a little bit about. Uh, here's the thing. Here's what occurred to me. Sometimes when I heard your voice on the audiobook is, and I watched the the Spike Jones uh, excellent movie and all that stuff. Sometimes you talk about stuff that happened to you guys. Like, you can't believe any of it happened. Do you know where I'm coming from there? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a common theme. Like, you, all your stories are like that in the book. I feel like you won't believe this. 
Are, do you believe now? Like, can you can you grasp that this has happened to you? Or does it all still seem sort of surreal? I own a house. I have a fucking swimming pool. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what else to say? I don't. <laughs> also, listen to our records. They're not like. I don't know. They're weird. They're. It's not like we have pop ballads or. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's. I, wait. Who the fuck is trying to call me right now? Oh yeah, I took. I put my phone on do not disturb. It's not me calling you somehow with. Also no. no? Okay, it's, it's not like a David Lynch thing. Yeah, no, I get it. I, it's just it's my it's my grandmother. She's in the hospital. But oh my god, get it. I'll just. Call I'm her sorry. Back. I'm fucking I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that uh, you sing in uh, Get It Together? I got a grandma Hazel and a grandma Tilly, and uh, that yeah. that's from a long time ago. So I, I hope I'm sorry if any you know what I'm saying. Uh, my point was uh, my kids, two friends, son growing up, Hazel and Tilly. We always thought that was weird. Anyway, this I'm all over the place. Isn't that odd? Don't you think? See, you you talk about surrealism. I think that's weird. That's very weird. What, I mean, two friends. What are the odds? What are the odds? He's Hazel and Tilly, and they were his friends. Yeah. And I and in in Ontario, and I'm just like, what the? Anyway, we also love get it together. My wife uh, thinks that my son is uh, Quebecois. No, uh, Tilly was is short for Matilda. Hazel yeah. is Hazel. No, uh, my wife and I were just talking about how my son's predilection for Beastie Boys may emanate from the fact that on a couple of occasions, my wife and my sister and I have performed to get it together live uh, with a band. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? What? Why? Why the apology? <laughs> That's a fantastic song. No, no, it was to the audience. I'm sorry. Oh, I Jesus. So uh, I didn't oh, even think stop. of that. All right. Uh, we did all a right. good job, Adam. I think there's really footage. with a band. Yeah, we had a band, and I would, it was for my sister's birthday party, uh, her 30th, maybe. And uh, we did it on a couple other occasions, too, because it was a bit of a hit. And we, it was three people doing yeah. four people's parts, so we would we would alternate. I would start as Q-tip, and then it was... Anyway, yeah, my son, we think... is That's probably legit, right? In the womb, mom's dancing and singing a Beastie Boys song, hearing it a bunch of times. Are you a- actually asking me that? Because I don't actually know. I'm asking you as a professional I, doctor. Not, I've never studied. I've never studied <laughs> in utero, like anything. So I don't. I appreciate that. No, no, that's fine. I just I, yeah. I, I will pepper this conversation with a little bit of fawning and uh, connection. I apologize. My thing about you guys is, I think it's uh, Kate. No, it's Amy Poehler in the audiobook talks about how when she's watching your videos, she you remind her of the Three Stooges. And it seems to me that you were, in the early days, uh, satirizing something, and people didn't get it. Is that a fair way of putting it in terms of your relationship to comedy? Because you've always been very funny, and every day of my life, I just recite a a, a line from a random Beastie Boy song, and it makes me smile and laugh inside, because the comedy is so apparent. But I feel like, on some level, you were a bit stung by people not getting the joke at various, maybe at various points in your career, but certainly the early part. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I, I don't know. For the license to ill, for our time with Rick Rubin, yeah, we definitely, you know, put on characters, and we're you know being Three Stooges, and you know, and I write about it in the book. It's the sort of thing of we are making fun of a thing, and then you kind of become the thing that you're making fun of. Yeah. Um. So. I think we had to step back from that, and that doesn't mean that 
it wasn't fun or things weren't, it wasn't funny, but I guess it wasn't that fun <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Well, I gather that from all the stories you trying told. to act, you know what I mean? Like trying to act like a certain thing is a bummer after a certain time because then you're not yourself. Yeah. So when you do Paul's Boutique after that period and you're, I guess you were reinventing yourselves. And I was struck by the fact that, you know, when you guys tell the story about Paul's Boutique and, and flopping, is, is that the wrong word to use? Commercially flopping? Bombing? What's the right word? It's it's all perspective because it's sold, you know, whatever, like, half a million copies or something seems good that seems really good it seems it seems fucking fantastic yeah but you have a house and a pool and a toaster oven that's fine half a million people helped you get that at least look at that toaster oven it's gleaming for those who can't see it it's shining yeah no my point though is what i occurred to me is because you talk about everyone now views paul's boutique as a masterpiece in hip-hop a pioneering record in hip-hop but I wonder if it didn't do as well. What do you call? What do you say? Crickets. I think in the book you say crickets. Yeah. Is it possible that Fight for Your Right was more of a and and Licensed Hill was viewed more as a rock record, and that you by making a, a, a more proper, if you will, hip hop record, that that's part partially why people didn't grab onto it. Do you think that's the case? Maybe I can't go back to that. All I know is when I was a kid, that Hey Ladies video. My my uh, sister and I were home for the summer, uh, and that video was on seventeen times a day. And we would just sit there, and it would just they would put it on a loop after like. And Bat Dance by Prince was also at the same time, oh, the yeah. same era, yeah. and I just loved it. I I love Beastie Boys, and I I just always did. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, my thing. Do you think it was like a rock rap thing, maybe even? Well, there's a few things. Yeah, and just something popped in my head that I haven't thought about in a long time. I when Paul's Boutique came out. I heard Hey Ladies on the radio and I was like, oh shit, it's our song and I'm driving around in a car and when it ended, the DJ was like, have you seen that video? Boy, it looks like it's so cheap. It's like, <laughs> it looks like it costs 10 bucks to make and it was like by far the most expensive thing that we'd ever done. So I, I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, hmm. I think rap was becoming a thing, right? People were understanding and knowing because of Run DMC that rap was out there in the world. And then, you know, white guys are doing that rap thing. And so it's, you know, it's happened to me over the years so many times where people are like, you know, oh, I, you know, I love your band. I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't like rap music, but you guys. Yeah. Well, I, encounter, so I, 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 I encountered that in a high school lunch room where for some reason we got to play music uh, every once in a while. The kids got to pick the music that went on through the PA. And my friend and I who had bonded over Check Your Head Somebody, it wasn't me, somebody played a uh, Tribe Called Quest and he was like, this is crap. I'm like, it's, why? It's just, these guys are friends with Beastie Boys. Yeah. Like I, he's like, no, that sucks. But I'm like, but you love, we like Check Your Head, we rap along. No. And I was like, oh. So, I mean, at that point I didn't think racism, but right. there was probably something to that. Um, so, anyway, I don't really have a grand point either. It just occurred to me as to why, you guys don't really talk about, you just say it flopped. And capital at the time wasn't very helpful. You had these no nothing A and Rs. But as I was kind of thinking about the time, "Fight for Your Right" in particular is basically a rock song. Like if you really think about it, right? It's a right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So no, I, 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 yeah. I can I can understand that. Yeah. And no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, you know. 
All those Rick, um, Rick, Rick, and yeah, and they were big, and I put them on MTV and all of that. So I, yeah, rock band, yeah. white guys. That's probably what I'm just saying. Don't feel bad about Paul's boutique, Adam. It's wonderful. I know that it's. Uh, I I I feel I feel just okay about it. I feel, <laughs> you know, pat better than okay about it. You rank your records in a way in the book, and you talk about it. Um, you talk about Hella Nasty being your favorite record, and that's that's cool. But does Paul's Boutique loom large for you? Like, are you still, despite the whatever the reception at the time, are you starting to recognize it as for what it is, like this pioneering thing? I, I mean, and here's what I say: is that Paul's Boutique was getting ready to, to come out. And I don't know when it, it happened, but just before Paul's Boutique came out, De La Soul, Three Feet High yeah. and Rising came out. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, these fucking guys. <laughs> you know, they were doing the thing that we thought we were like, oh, this is our, you know. Right. We're doing this thing. Yeah. And all, I mean, Public Enemy, you know, had already done some crazy shit, you know, sonically, right? But yeah, De La Soul, man. Well, the the sampling that's the golden age. But I I love Paul's boutique. I do. I think it's great. I mean, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Fair enough. As we were listening to your book, and I was telling my wife more about uh, the stories. Uh, sorry, as we were listening to the audio book, that sounded weird. We just hold the book up to our ears. We were listening to your audio book mm. together, and she's like, "This is so fascinating. You should ask Adam." if he did any real journal keeping like is this all a memory jog and i was like that's a good question michelle i will ask adam that adam did you do a lot of journal keeping throughout your time in beastie boys not so much so it's mostly memories you're drawing from well so i you know i have a lyric books you know just like rhyme pages and i got a bunch of books yeah. and so in those books there's you know some journal stuff like, it, it didn't turn out to be as helpful as I thought it might. <laughs> Did it not seem... I don't keep a journal uh, as a person. Uh, yeah. I, tr I trust my brain as much as I can. And as the years go on, I'm like, someone's like, that's not, that's not exactly what happened. I'm like, oh, really? That's what it's, it's in. It's in my brain this way. Um, did you regret not doing it on any level? Like, did it just seem... Like, you realize what you were doing, I think, at the time, or what was happening to you guys was significant, I'm sure, right? Encounters, experiences. Uh, it was significant to me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, it, it's, for me, I, maybe I'm, I missed it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I would journal and never read it and no, not reference back to it. And so it was just the thing that, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Didn't, didn't, didn't do much, didn't do much for me. I guess you're not thinking legacy uh, or like uh, reflection because you've done a few. I'm just looking at my record collection. I think about the Sounds of Science anthology. You've done. You guys engaged in some reflection prior to all this activity we're describing. Yeah. Was that fun at the time? So th I'm I'm talking like when was that? 1999 or something? Like you were in that zone of like putting together compilations and whatnot. Do you did you find those prior to the book, which is really comprehensive, and the movie and all these other things? Did you find any of that compilation work kind of fun, or was it like, oh shit, our past? No, no, it's it's fun. It's really fun to sort of put a sort of pathway and timeline into the thing you've done for years, into the music you you know we've made, yeah, and picking which songs sort of you know pop out or you know sort of 
go with the timeline. Yeah. Where we were sort of at. Like if we were going to put, you know, uh, Five Year Party, Party, Party wouldn't be the one song off of that first album. You know what I mean? There'd yeah. be, you know, Hold It Now would be a more important song to me. Right. And so we try to just, I, I have no memory of what are on our compilations. But I know we went back actually and did like these box sets a few years ago. And that was really fun because we started listening to all this like unreleased stuff that we had. Yeah. And that's fun. Like you're, like, because that's right. like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask about this at some point because it, it looms large for me. I mean, you guys, for those of us who've collected singles... There's all these del- at least digital, if not physical, uh, deluxe editions of the records now. You've released a lot of stuff that is beyond the records we know. I've gotten the inkling from some press you guys did uh, around the time that the book came out that there might be more stuff uh, that we haven't heard. As generous as you, as, as, to my mind, it's generous what you've given us in terms of extra stuff, odds and ends. Uh, well, I well I appreciate the swimming pool in the house, so. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's reciprocal. It's, it's a reciprocal generosity. Yes, you give us music, and we give you the pool and the toaster oven. Um, is there more? Is there something? Yeah, subs- oh yeah. Is there a substantial? Really? Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got. I mean, we yeah. We have a lot of a lot of stuff. Doesn't mean it's good, but there's a lot of stuff. A lot of music, like a lot of instrumental, a lot of playing, and from every era. Roughly of the band, or from yeah, like I only asked twenty five yeah. years of just playing music, right? Not necessarily. There's you know we have a bunch of rap songs also that never came out, but the bulk of it is like stoner jams, right? I can appreciate. So I don't that. know. I don't know and if the world is like you know. I don't know what the saying is, but you know, really needs that right now. But maybe they want it. I don't know. They're going to get it at some point because I'm going to put it out. Isn't that what Burt Bacharach said? What the world needs now is stoner jams? Something like that? I think that's... I, I might have that wrong. My point was going I to totally be... I totally heard uh, that song. I totally heard that song differently. But... <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, that's what I hear. I don't know. That's something about me and how I process information. Uh, if you've done the culling of some of that stuff for the stuff we've gotten, like you, you kind of qualified it by saying, and I assume... With all modesty and humility, I don't know if it's good. Is there stuff in that trove we haven't heard where you're like, oh shit, I cannot wait for people to hear this. We've been sitting on this, these couple of things or whatever. This is like, I mean, we all know the, I can never tell if it's a joke that Hot Sauce Committee Volume 1 was lost in a hard drive. I never know. I, I've never understood if this is true. We, we actually have a, 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 like a whole full album. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> you, but is it you have it back? Did you get the hard drive back? What's going on with that? I that that I can't disclose, but I can tell you with all honesty, there is a whole other album. But what about the um, whole narrative that it was lost in a in a I forget where you said you lost it in, in a Missou- boxcar in, in yes. Missoula, Montana. Got, we've got lead. Yeah, we've got leads on it. Leads. <laughs> okay, so you're saying. And I don't want tracking down shit on a boxcar like boxcar grifters in 2023 is a whole different ball game. Yeah, I can see that being a whole different ball game. You don't need a different ball game. Okay, so you're you're going to get on one of those pump trolleys and chase after the boxcar and get the hard drive back, perhaps. But are you are you being sincere? Is there 
Is there any way to get a sincere answer about a hot sauce committee? All I was getting at, by the way, and I don't mean to get lost in this, but I'm just curious. Are you yourself stoked to present us with stuff you haven't presented us with before? Or are you all? Yes. You yeah, are? definitely. Okay. It, I definitely. I, I got a. Bu- uh, me and Mike have a bunch of stuff that never came out that would be really fun to put together and put out. Okay. As like a, and we will. And is it. So it'll be like a compilation like that that transcends time and space or you know it has it hasn't gotten to that stage okay. yet there's i've got ideas you've got ideas okay all right fair enough now we were talking about journal is keeping this? i feel like is everything all right no i just have i didn't notice this thing you've got a Go little ahead. flappy thing in your headphones Jur- journal journal keeping this is but this is a perfect segue because you have a lot of fun with technology uh, talking in this book, you drop little allusions to modern technology and how it's different. Because I will, I will tell you, Adam, the first time I read Beastie Boys book, I happened to, I tend to, I don't want to paint too vivid a picture for you, but I tend to read at night in bed. That's when I do most of my reading. It helps me fall asleep. And I have my, often my cellular telephone is near me. And uh, your book is among the first ones where, because you cite so many influences and songs and playlists, I was distracted. I would grab my phone, unfortunately, and start to create the playlist that you were recommending. I, I Again, not to fawn, thank you. Thank you for always... Uh, I don't want to get emotional. I'm starting to feel emotional. But between everything you guys did, the Grand Royal, the book, I feel like you were always teaching us stuff. And I know that sounds uh, lofty, but I just want to thank you for that. It's not um, something that I uh, take for granted to be pointed to source material or influences. It's meaningful. It's a meaningful. You you didn't have to do that. So can I just con- compose myself and say thank you for that over the years? You're you're absolutely welcome. Yeah. Where I was coming, I just it's just when you say teaching is that I barely graduated high school. So <laughs> that's I I think that, you know. Part of the thing about about talking about so much music and musicians and bands and songs and all of that is just because we grew up sort of making tapes for each other. Yeah. So it's a sort of thing to put out there yeah. you share with each other. No, I, I I value I love that you scan your tapes in the book. Uh, the the cover. By the way, I can't read a goddamn word. It's it's chicken scratch. I'm sorry. Is that offensive? It's your scrawling. I can't. I'm like, am I supposed to know? Do you? Can you even read it? Your own handwriting. Not, not, not always. <laughs> I'll say it's it's better than my brother and sisters. That's fine. I they're not. I don't know why you threw them under the bus. They're not here to defend themselves. I don't know. Well, because at least it's 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 there's worse. Is all. Oh, I'm I see. That's that's one way of looking at life. It's all. It could always be worse. Where I was coming from, though, is I didn't really until reading the book. It didn't occur to me how technological your band has been in terms of sorry how interested in technology and on the just on the forefront of trying Yauk in particular would just try shit it seems yeah like. i was going to say that that was never me so what? the whole thing with ian rogers in the book there's a whole thing with our friend ian rogers about bringing the internet on tour with us mhm which i did not understand mm-hmm. at the time i was like okay if that ian guy wants to do the thing then sure he, you know I mean, we're, I didn't mean it like that Ian guy. I didn't know him so well back then. <laughs> but I didn't get it at all. And I didn't understand why Adam and Mike were so enthusiastic about it. And it wasn't for me. Looking back, maybe I 
I, sh- I could have paid attention. But you're you're more, talking about but. you're talking about the internet and a guy trying to build you a fans or a, a website. I think right is that what you're kind of alluding to mostly? Ian Rogers, yeah, yeah. What I'm yes. talking about though, it's in the book. Yeah, that is in the book. What I'm talking about yeah. is you have the opportunity. Uh, you're given some money to go buy a Rickenbacker guitar. I think you're given 250. That Rickenbacker has got to be worth more than that by now. By the way, I'm riffing on memory. If I'm wrong, you fact check me out. Right. No, no, no. You were yeah, you yeah, were yeah. you were given money to buy a Rickenbacker for $250, but you chose instead as I recall to buy a drum machine. Is that correct? Yeah. And it was an 808. So so in the in the book in, in my life it's a longer story, but I acquired two hundred and fifty dollars cash. <laughs> and, it's uh, very sorted, everyone. If you read the book, you'll see it's, right. it's a sorted situation. You read the book. Yeah. And so, and so, I wanted to get. I had a, a shitty guitar, and I was like, "Oh, what if I had a, a a cool guitar like you know Paul Weller from the Jam?" And so, my mom's friend had a a used music store, and I would go up there and hang out time to time. And they had a Rickenbacker, just like Paul Weller's, for two hundred fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. So I went up to the store to buy the guitar. Right at the counter was an 808 drum machine. And I don't know it I, honestly I I don't actually know what it was. I just was like, "Oh, rap music. They they make music with these drum machines these days. I'm going to try that." So there you but go. But that that's not just Yauk then. So you I get it. Yauk uh, was uh such a brilliant guy and 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 by all accounts and would try things and f- fuck with things that in ways like he would take a my fa- I'm a drummer, so one of my favorite stories is the story of him trying to emulate the John Bonham uh, drum kick drum sound, and and you guys create him spearheading it. I understand creating this ten foot long cardboard tube to get this amazing sound and putting PZM mics, I think, inside of it. And I'm like, oh my god, that's genius! What a genius! And I know that you, sorry, Adam, I this I'm not meant I'm, I don't mean to uh, assume too much, but I do sense that you are a very humble f- fellow. I think you are also, every time I read something about how you had a little booth and you chopped up a beat and you cut this up and you sampled it, you are technological. Is that a fair way of putting it? I guess. I, I guess. Yeah. I feel like I'm late to it, but you know. But how could you be late to it? You, to be with this band, you were always on the forefront of things. You, sorry, I have this argument and you're going to hate me. You're not going to hate me. Why would you hate me? I'm a nice guy. Don't hate me. But my my argument is that for a certain generation, Beastie Boys were as culturally pervasive and influential as we believe the Beatles were in terms of changing the way people made things, sounds. The way I dressed was informed by Beastie Boys. It's just, and I know I'm not alone in this. So all I'm getting at is you guys, I think, are humble punks which I have always appreciated. Your records are really weird, but I, I hope you can appreciate that some of us think you changed things by trying things. Like, ultimately, that's what I hear a lot in the spirit of, in the records and in, in the spirit of when you guys are talking about how you stumble. You kind of make it seem like you're three Inspector Clouseaus who just stumbled into something, but I think you're more like right. Columbo. I think you knew what you were doing. Does that make sense? I mean, I think it's definitely a combination. I mean, you can't, you know. There's a little bit of Jim Rockford in there too, but yeah, sure, there's some, there's um, a little bit of Perry yes, Mason. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm I'm technological as well. You know, I I like to do things differently. Yes, as they say. But do you keep up? 
So like you're in the book, you kind of allude to the fact like now you have an you have a whole chapter. It's not even on smartphones. I don't know if you have an Apple deal. Oh yeah, you guys did. But you have a whole chapter on the iPhone in particular, which I have. I like the iPhone. It's good. It's one of the better ones. You seem to be trying to bridge this gap between Yauk reeling, you know, reel-to-reel tape around a microphone stand and chairs and what's possible now. Um, and I just wonder if you can elaborate upon that. Like, do you think what we have, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm sure you can see how this is a much easier time than you had. But do you also see a connection between Yauk doing that in his kitchen and you guys trying things with what's available now on some level, like the tools we all have? Like, it seems like anyone can make anything. I don't know if I even have a question here, but do you do you relate to, the, like, how people are making yeah, stuff Yeah, I think, now? I mean... I guess I say it like this. Like my friend Ada wrote a book about St. Mark's Place in New York. And like the theme going through it all was that every generation was like, oh, St. Mark's in my day, it was cool. But now, eh, not so much. Right. And it's been happening. It's been that that since the 1700s. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think my our time, my generation of making music was, you know, we tried different things. We, you know, experimental. Like there was a lot more experimental but I don't actually know what kids are doing now at all. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if they, there has to be experiments happening right now that you and I don't know that, that people are doing sonically and, and with video and, you know, all, all, all kinds of things that we just don't know about. And so, so it's too easy to be like, Oh, everything's on your phone. You can just do it on your phone. It's like, sure you can, but like not everybody wants to do everything on their phone. An interesting cross section for beastie boys to me is check your head because you come out of this, really sample-heavy period. People are sampling other people's stuff to make their music, and you guys have the epiphany, wait a minute, what if we just sample ourselves? I, was anyone else doing that, per se, to your recollection? Of like, we'll just play the... Instead of just... We'll just ape it a little bit, but play it ourselves. Sorry, that's maybe the wrong way of putting it. Was anyone else kind of doing that, besides you guys, at that time? I don't know. I don't know. I know you have a camera. Not that I know. Not that I know of. <laughs> I know you have cameras and everyone's. No, no, I know. Not that. I, <laughs> yeah. Not that I know of. You know. Like I said, you know, we thought we were onto a thing, and then De La Soul came out with this with the thing. But, but that was a sample and heavy so, record. That's a sample oriented record. That is a, a a landmark. You guys, those two records in particular. Sorry. No, it's not Pet Sounds and Sergeant Pepper. I don't like it. That's where. No, it's it, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. All the best early rap records have a live band. Yes. Right. right. They didn't have drum machines. And so right. they, so we were just trying different things. Whether We're certainly not the first rap group to have a band. And it's probably not the first, you know, plenty of samples that people did. But, you know, I don't know if we were, if we weren't, you know, one of the first, you know, rap groups that was a band that played our own music that did the, you know, did the whole thing. I see. You, you, you always seem to have reverence for the early days of hip hop. I mean, your style as MCs was always, you know, reflective of that. I'm just getting at from check your head onward. It felt to me that you were always looking at whatever conventional ways of making music. Just I, by that, I just mean playing instruments. I don't mean anything more than that. Uh, But again, you call, what is that you call Yauk, uh, Mr. Fuzz pedal? You know, like, <laughs> or something like that when Mr. Fuzz he, pedal. Oh, the techn- he's the techno whiz. He was yeah. a techno whiz, but he was also, when he had that 
fuzz pedal, you said he became yeah, a different fuzz. super fuzz. He became a yeah. different person. That's technology. But what I'm getting at is, from that point forward, it seemed to be a, always a, a conscious, except for maybe Five Burrows, of like, wait, did you guys play any of your own instruments on Five Burrows? Like, and sample them? I can't remember. I think you did. I, th- I think, but not so much. Anyway, my point is, you I seem to always remember. be like bridging. Here's what the technology is that helps us make music, but we'll always kind of land or start from a place of tradition, if you will. And that I just think that's unusual. Like you were always looking forward, but also to make contemporary music, to always be looking forward and using the latest technology, but also using what we are used to, familiar with. That's inventive. That's interesting. You see where I'm coming from? Yes, <laughs> I, I and I get it. I you know I don't I don't see it that way because when. Yauka's doing the tape reels around his apartment. You know, he had heard that Jimi Hendrix did it, so he wanted yes, to try. Yes, that's it. right. And when we play song, different yeah, yeah. T- different types of music, like you know, we just wanted to be like the Clash. Yeah, y- you know what I mean. Is Sandinista your favorite Clash album? It's mine. It is. Uh, no. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh, the first record on London Calling, the first album, and the first record on London Calling. Okay, those are your favorite. Do you not like Sandinista? I yeah. think Sandinista is where everything went. Like almost everything was this collage. Yeah, no. Yeah. It it was it was uh when it came out it was too much for me to to it was just a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, listen, I'm 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 mindful of the time and I I, I realize I've framed a lot of statements without asking you too many questions. I apologize. I think I'm distracted by the toaster right. oven. I'll I'll admit that right now. I'm hungry and I I, I want some. I want to ask you about some things that have long, uh, I've long been curious about. As you may have noticed, I have a Late Show with David Letterman mug. Uh, I'm a fan of his. Mm-hmm. You guys, I think, and I want to ask about some late night stuff, including Saturday Night Live. Uh, Letterman seemed to get you guys particularly inspired. You seemed to really, you did some TV stuff. Oh my God, that Arsenio Hall show appearance. Do you remember that? That is still one of my favorite things yeah. ever. Was that fun? With Cypress Hill? Yeah. You would go off. Adam, sure. you in particular seem to go... Comp- your voice would just hit. <laughs> but do you know where that is? I, I wish I would have dialed, dialed the, the... Do you do, though? The key down a little bit. Huh? Do you really think you should have dialed it back? Because they're my favorite thing. I watched it's that just, when it was happening. I'm like, hold No, I just, mean, I just mean not the energy. I just mean like maybe yeah. if it would have come down, not a full octave, but you know what I mean. Just a little like, oh man, why is this fucking guy yelling it was, at me? I just want to tell you, Jesus. as a fan of punk rock and hip-hop, it's perfect. I thought it was always perfect. And Letterman, was Letterman particularly significant for you guys to do? Like, you would do the, the rounds. Uh, you did Conan and you did other things. Was Letterman particularly like, we got to bring something to this? I'm just curious. Yeah, Let, Letterman was like, you know, our our generation, like... You know, Johnny Carson was, it's like the previous generation, that sort of thing. And so when Letterman came on, he was like, you had, if you got on Letterman, you know, you're on the fucking Dave Letterman show. I don't know. It was a big deal. He's in New York, all of that stuff. And and so were you guys like, we have to bring some, you guys, I think, always had a commitment to excellence. Also, I just want to say, it's not like we were like, oh, wow, one day we're going to be on David Letterman. I don't, you know, it's not like that ever, I never thought. To even be like, oh, I'm going to be on TV. Yeah, right. It just sort of happened. No. And it just kept happening. I, I appreciate that. But at some point, it seemed like from 
you you had the very ambitious uh, check it out video, which looks really fun, and they they recently reposted that on the Letterman YouTube channel in sort of higher quality, and it looks great. And then you had the uh, appearance for Awesome, I fucking shot that. Where it just seemed like you would bring things to. The, there's one of my favorite television moments of all time. Yauk chest bumping Dave during at the end of Sabotage. Oh yeah, do you remember that? I, it seems really familiar. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't like to be touched. Was the word I wanted to ask? Don't touch uh, Dave. You're not allowed to touch him, really. You, you shook hands. It was like just don't do. It was like the. It was probably the first time we were on there. They were like, someone came in. It was like, look, just don't fuck with Dave. Just don't like fucking touch him or like play with his hair or do some stupid shit. Not in those particular words, yeah. but it was that type of thing. In my memory, first okay. first time is live at PJ's, like uh, Check Your Head era on Late Night, maybe? We played live at PJ's on David Letterman? I think so. Jesus Christ. You actually, yeah, and then you did Sabotage. You would often, you would play oh, as a okay. band, and then you, would, you got to sing some leads <laughs> on a couple of Letterman appearances. That's I right. just... Was he? He had a bit where he would pretend he was afraid of you. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, yeah, we were wild. I know. <laughs> but did you? Know. Did you? I don't, inter- I don't know Dave Letterman. You I don't, know what I mean. Did you interact with him at all and uh, beyond the handshakes and the whatnot, or did you? That no, yeah. that's it. Okay, that's uh, I've said this so many times. The the best. And no offense to whoever. Hands down, Joan Rivers was the best talk show host we had ever met. Really? Like no question. She was fucking awesome. She liked you guys. and She was awesome. She's running down the hall. Who's from Brooklyn? Who's from Brooklyn? <laughs> so cool. She was she, great. She uh, did not like the album title, License to Ill. She preferred License to Kill, as I recall. Do you remember this? Oh, I don't know. She could have given a shit about her music, <laughs> I'm sure. You would take over, though. You sat on her. Uh, you guys just... You, you, it, I loved every late night appearance you guys did. It was always a, an event for me, and it's always seemed to be an event for you. And the Joan Rivers one, for those who haven't seen it, is very... It's I think it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, yeah, I, I like... Uh, I, I. You had an... Comedians. She liked... She was a bit of a punk just rocker, comedians. too. Just, She's, just, she, we're just riffing. <laughs> SNL, Saturday Night Live, was that? You say you weren't aspiring to be on Letterman, but was that when you got the call or whatever? I don't know what the process was like if you'd long wanted to be on that show, but that's a big New York institution. Were you excited to be on that show? Yeah, Saturday Night Live is a huge deal. Huge, huge deal to be on Saturday Night Live. I, I For me, you know, and I'm sure Adam and Mike just... Uh, you know, it's a New York show. We're from New York. We grew up when it grew up. You know, it's just like a big... And to be on there a bunch of times, fucking crazy. How many yeah. times were you on? I remember, and tell me if I'm wrong, because some of it may have slipped past me in my youth. I feel like the first time might have been for ill communication. Were you on before that? I don't know. If you don't know, who would know? The fucking <laughs> internet. I don't know. <laughs> I remember from my memory that might have been maybe there was another one. You wouldn't have done it in the I don't know. Anyway, let's let's forget that. Well, maybe you did it in the 80s. I don't know. But my point is you're on there and you do sure shot. And Adam, uh back to the Arsenio thing, you are amped. You are on fucking. fire. It's amazing. Memorable. Memorably amazing. But here's a thing that I noticed and I don't think they did. You added fucks to the song. You added fucks that aren't on the song. 
You swore more. And then Yao looks at you the first time you did. Won't you fucking listen? And then you're wandering around and he smiles at you because he's like, oh, no. Then he adds a bullshit to the bullshit Mike part later. What was with all the cussing, Adam, on live TV? I know. Was that toilet toilet tongue? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. You said I was amped. Did anyone say anything to you? Uh, Because they they famously banned the replacements, banned Elvis Costello. You weren't banned as far as I know. Did anyone say a thing? No. No, but I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. All right. Did they, you know, because they always run it like 10 seconds delayed. So did they beep it or clearly they didn't? No. No. I saw it as it happened live. I'll tell you that. I was a young person. I was like, oh, shit. They're probably going to get in trouble. And because I was uh, whatever. I just knew that show. They would be like, oh, you, you can't do certain things to the guests and the host. And then I feel like you were maybe even in a skit. I'm just this is total... Uh, a sketch. Sorry, I was, that I was in a skit. Yeah, you, you were in a sketch playing like a young man or something. <laughs> I don't remember what you did. I know. Seem, seems crazy now. It was a bit of a stretch. I, I was a young man. You were playing like, I, a, and you were the only one, I think, from the Beastie Boys in a in a in a thing. Well, yeah, I you know I'm the one. You know, I have a resume. You know, I I've been in the theater and film, television. You were the actor. They, you know. Yeah. 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 Do you still? Uh, I know you still do, uh, but. Is that? Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something else about that? No, <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about. We're talking about SNL Saturday Live, SNL and sketch. Oh yeah, Saturday Night Live is a huge deal. Come yeah. on. Here's I wanted to say this though. So, you know, most of these shows, you know, the band comes on, they play their song, and that's cool. You know, and certainly now it's a thing where, especially Saturday Night Live, bands do a whole thing. You know, it wasn't like that before. It was just like you'd come and you'd do your song and that's it. And now bands have sets, you know, and just design and just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But we didn't used to have that. And, and shows, you know, a lot of shows like, you know, American Bandstand and Soul Train, these shows that we went on, you know, it, you just lip sync the song and a band would not even actually be playing and you have to just sort of pretend. And we did get in trouble at American Bandstand because we were fucking around mm-hmm. too much. So we were on Soul Train. It was awesome. Then they asked us to go back on Soul Train. It's all this stuff's in the book. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. It is, but we didn't want to just lip sync, right? Even though we had to lip sync, so we recorded a whole new version of whatever song we were doing, and so we lip synced like the weird alternative version, and it had like all this audience calling response, say hello, like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so why, I'm just saying, like, why, why? I, this is so stupid. Why not have fun with it? I know that sounds really all stupid. I, all I want to... We're lucky. I mean, yeah. we're lucky enough to be in this position to do something, to be on fucking Soul Train. Why not make it special? But but what I'm saying. But what I'm getting at, Adam, and you can't maybe be objective about it, is every time I saw you guys on TV at the MTV Awards or whatever, all the stuff we've been talking about, and a lot of this, by the way, for folks who didn't see it at the time, is is most of it's on YouTube. I know this because I watch it sometimes. I go, I get into Beastie Boys uh, wormholes, a Beatsy wormhole, I call it. Anyway, it just seemed to me more than most. You mentioned the sets and everything that people do on SNL. I just feel like every time you went up, you were like, "Fuck it, this let's make this memorable. We're gonna do something unique," and you popped. And very few artists have that, where they do something like that. Sometimes it's very like, yeah, they played their song, it was fine. You guys seem to make an extra effort to pop. 
That's all I'm getting at. I don't know what if that's Yauk being like. Well, well, here's the thing. Yeah. No, here's the thing. We we you know we came to play. You know, we didn't go out there to scrimmage. We went out for the W every time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what's the point? Are you you know, are we are we doing this or we're not doing this? I'm telling you, are there so all, that's the way we saw it. I think they're all W's. That's what, I just want to say that as a fan and as a viewer. Of, I don't know about all W's. Listen, man, I watch a lot of these things, and I just I want to tell you, you guys would always stand out, and I am biased because I'm a lifelong fan. But I'm telling you, it was always exciting for me, and I think for I would say, hey, f- high school people, watch this. I taped it on my VHS tape. Come over to my house. Let's watch Beastie Boys. What they did. I was a nerd. I am a. Is that what you call, is that what you called your friends in high school? High school people. High school people, come come see me. High school people. <laughs> I would go on the PA. Attention, high school people, go to Visha's house. I'm not giving you my address either. Uh, but anyway, my point <laughs> my point was, I just wanted to commend you on that. Uh, I'm I want to ask you a couple more things. You mentioned acting. Um, you we most of us know you as being primarily a musician. Uh, in Beastie Boys, and that being a primary pursuit, uh, you've played music with others in various other capacities. You act uh, since Beastie Boys stopped. Are you? I, c- I cook. Oh, you cook in the toaster oven. Yeah, we've established that. You've got a, you swim, you swim and you cook. At least what can I do? What else can you do? Um, do you? What do you consider your primary sort of creative outlets as we're speaking? I've long wondered if. For those who don't know, and it's in the book, and I didn't quite know this until I read the book, that Beastie Boys write rhymes collaboratively. The thing you heard, if you heard Adam Adrock say, I think twice before I start flossing, I've been in your bathroom often, you would laugh and think, oh, that Adam, but it could have been the other Adam, it could have been Mike, right? Like, you guys would write together in that capacity, is that correct? That was mine, that was definitely (laughs) mine. I'm just taking credit for that <laughs> stroke of mention crawl space real quick because I just think I know you don't love that record from what you talk about in the book. I can, I am saying that you are absolutely the only person who's ever mentioned that song ever, and that is the hit off that album. Like if you ask me, ask Mike, ask Adam, that's the best song on that whole okay. record. I I loved. I love and no, and you were literally the only person who's ever said anything about it. What does that? Good or bad. What does that say to you about me? Does that make you? Uh, it makes me feel connected. Okay, good. I love that, like a floss in your teeth, uh, with between your fingers. We're connected. I, I just think you guys were very funny. What was my point there? Oh yeah, you would write collaboratively. Have you written a rap since uh, the Beastie Boys stopped uh, functioning yourself? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure I have. You know, I, I write things from time to time. Yeah. Now that I'm a, you know, New York Times bestselling author. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) I I keep the word docs open. So you will occasionally, you will have these impulses to write rhyming words. Yes. Okay. But what happens to them? Do you record them? Do you do anything with them per se beyond... Getting them not, out of your system? Not so much. Okay. I w- maybe I will, but I haven't. Okay. 
Well, you know, I'm real busy. No, I know. And I, sorry, my original question, I, re- I went on a ramble, but that so, is something. So busy. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up soon. Is that, um, I just, can take a hint. Just, no, I, lit- <laughs> I literally have nothing to do. But okay. <laughs> no, I want to be mindful of the time. My point was going to be, what? so what is your primary, if you have primary creative outlets besides swimming, cooking, and occasionally writing things in Word docs, what is it right now? Is it acting? What, what, what do you do, uh, so to speak, to kind of express yourself? I make music on my computer every day. Every day? Pretty much. Do you share it with Mike or anyone else? I Especially not Mike. No. Uh, he's not tr- to be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, don't trust him. He's hunting for uh, that hard drive right now on the trolley car I mentioned. Um, oh, it's way worse than that. It's it? worse okay. than that. So you oh keep it... You're, you're, you are... F- I'm going to, again, I have to be careful. I don't want to get emotional. I'm trying to keep composed. I said this to a band the other day that uh, uh, selfishly I miss Beastie Boys uh, because I I, I have this with a few different artists. When someone uh, passes away, I can't help but think about how we're missing them, but I also operate in like, I wonder what Beastie Boys are doing when you don't have an album out. They must be, they must be cooking up something. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I know they are somewhere lurking about, uh, sorry, that sounded insidious. <laughs> there, It's probably true of Mike. Let's, let's, let's be fair. He's lurking about and you're what did you at, What did you hear? I just something you said earlier. I'm, I'm gleaning stuff from that. My point is, I miss how much positivity every record brought into the world. I miss the way it made me think about things. It is incredibly sad on that level for me to not have that, and I feel selfish about that because you lost so much more, and we all lost so much more. But it is heartening to know that you are still doing stuff because you are my favorite rapper. And you are my, you know, you, Adam, are one of my favorite people. So it just means a lot to me to hear that um, because the absence is, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one who would say that. The absence is hard. And I I get it, but it's hard to not. Yeah. I just want to say that and I'm going to keep my shit together here. Uh, But. um, All right. Well, then I better do something with this music because I shouldn't just. uh... Well, now I got. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus. No pressure. I didn't mean to put pressure in tears. No in, pressure. But uh, no, that's nice to hear. Do you do you correspond with Mike at all about sort of your um, uh, activities, creative or otherwise? Um. Yeah. 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 He's doing okay. He's doing well. Mike. Yeah. He's doing fantastic. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's actually. He's actually doing really, really well. Yeah. That's good. No, that's great. Mike and I have a plan. We're going to start playing squash. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's so our you, main plan. Mike is also in California, right? That's where yeah, he yeah, lives. Yeah. yeah, so you're you, yeah. you're your neighbors now, so to speak. Ish. Ish, yeah. Yeah. But we figured that's a funny thing to do is to start playing squash. So we're going to start doing. Real quick, speaking of Mike, maybe this will be real quick. I love Bob Dylan as well. And uh, Mike... There's an I don't know if we should tell the whole story here. It's in the book and it's in the it's briefly sort of in the movie that Mike got to encounter Bob Dylan at a Dolly Parton uh, birthday celebration uh, somewhere around 88, 
something like that, 87, 88 or something like that, or maybe 89, mm-hmm. one of those years. And uh, it's a very funny interaction. Uh, Bob Dylan is uh, interestingly weird. I was surprised to hear that Mike, is Mike the biggest Bob Dylan fan or was he the biggest Bob Dylan fan in the in the group? I only ask because I often feel like Yauk, Yauk is one of the ones who quotes him the most, Dylan specifically. Um, right. I mean, we've all, I, I think it's probably equal. Yeah. Are you a big fan? Yeah. Yeah. Bob Dylan. I'm sorry. Did you, Bob fucking did, Dylan. <laughs> did you, the story Mike tells, did you witness it or is it just him oh, telling yeah. you? You saw the whole thing happen. <laughs> we, of course we did. I wasn't we're sure going, if you were, you were it's like. It's a really long story, but yes. it, you know, it is, the full story is in the book, Beastie Boys book available, you know, at stores and the internet, Amazon. Yes. And it's also on uh, the Audible book, where someone reads the story to you book. Which is wonderful. Which is somewhere my sis- Audible. My sister, my sister was right. My sister was right. I All 13 hours are pure gold. I will say, Spike Jones, I had to rewind and play for my family as I was driving them all back from school and work yesterday. I rewound the Spike Jones one for them. Mm-hmm. It has cusses, which I forgot. But I think that might be my favorite and funniest. I say that because I listened to it yesterday. I'm, I don't mean to. Do you like the Spike section in particular where he's describing photographs? Are you familiar with this audio book? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remember with Spike. I mean, he seems I, very funny. He just seems extremely funny. Is he in the in the movie? No. He's funny on the audio book. He's, he's funny. He's Spike. fine. He's a little overrated, don't you think? A little well, that, I, that's not his fault. If he's overrated, that's everyone else's fault. That's true. That's true. It's not his um, fault. No, I, I guess I don't really remember it because I, I'm friends with Spike for a long time, so him talking on a thing is just like him talking. So it didn't seem yeah. weird to me. The weird thing is that like Rachel Maddow reads stories in our book. <laughs> Do you who know can, what I mean? Like, it, Who conceived of the audiobook to be this elaborate? Because my me. wife... You specifically? Me. Yes. You made some calls. Why have a, just an audio book with me? And who wants to listen to me and Mike talk for fucking 13 hours? It Please. is... in That also is an incredible feat. Congratulations. I know I was making fun of audiobooks earlier because I'm a, a, a jerk. But I think it's astounding that you put that... You got that many people together to do that. It's a testament to you guys, obviously. So yeah, good work on that. Well, I really, I'm proud of it. I'm actually very proud of it. Were you? Did you have a hands-on role? It sounds like you don't even remember what Spike said. Very. You were involved in all. Well, that. I don't. Re- I don't. Re- I mean, <laughs> I don't remember what Spike said, but you know, I was very hands-on. Believe me, I, it's wonderful. Uh, I can't tell you how much uh, I love it uh, more than what I've already said. And I want to thank you, uh, Adam. For I know the bo- the book came out. Movie came out 2020. The book came out. Uh, more longer ago than that 2018 so i appreciate you going through this exercise with me about something that i think uh is still uh needs to be processed i described it in a review as like a book that felt like a mixtape to me does that make sense i mean we want the whole idea was to make it like one of our records where it's just like goes everywhere just all over the place yeah with all different types of things not didn't, we certainly didn't want it to just be, you know, a hundred pages of boring story and then like four pages of pictures and then, you know what I mean? Like the same thing Yeah, that's out there. 
Well, like I say, to me, it became interactive because I was adding all of the music you mentioned and making playlists and all the shit you're supposed to do and buying records and wonderful. Thank you, Adam. That's that's well, that's what we that's what I wanted to do. So you wanted me to lose some money specifically. Yes. That was your goal. We got to get Vish in Canada, fucking spend a bunch of money. On shit we think will okay that's good mission accomplished on every front uh what's ne- so we've talked nebulously about what you're doing anything coming up film any any projects we should be looking forward to um i might go visit my friends in maine oh cool this summer yeah that's about it <laughs> have you been to maine before <laughs> I have, yeah. yeah that's nice. nice. Yeah, I've never been up there. Yeah. That's kind of like a. It's kind of like Canada, isn't it? It's got a Canadian feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I got no plans. No, I got plans. no plans. Okay, but I'm just. Yeah, I got no plans. If people want to learn, but I will. You will have plans, and then I will have tell, plans. You'll tell me. Will you send me a note and tell me I'll the plans? Shock, I'll shock the world. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry to be so heavy about the music. I I got. I was told myself. No, no, to no. I appreciate it. Compose myself. I appreciate it, and you know, and. and it's one of these things where I've got all these hard drives of all this music we have, and I'm like, one day I'll get to it. One day I'll get to it. So maybe, maybe I'll get to it today. Hearing a little prompt from a fan like me might actually there you go get the toaster oven going, and you make some snacks, and then you'll actually dig in. No, it's great. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, so this is a weird one, but if uh, people want to learn more about you and Beastie Boys, uh, one of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, I don't get the sense you're a very active social media person yourself. Is that fair? Very fair. You have a handle on yes. Twitter, but you don't really use it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Eh. You don't engage with the the world on that level, probably. It's 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 so much. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So I think, as I said, look up Adam on uh, uh, the Twitter, but he don't he doesn't do very much. Is what we're establishing. Every once in a while, I have, you know, I I have your Twitter, I have your Instagram, I have these things. Do you have Instagram? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, I follow yeah, you I on the there. I, f- I forgot. I fo- you got like a weird handle on there, don't you? It's not like yeah, ad. It's, rock. it's a long story. It's it's garbage feet. It's a long story. Yes, I follow yeah. you. I, f- I remember that. Now, sorry, it escaped me. I'm like, there's no ad rock at ad rock or at Adam uh, H. <laughs> okay, garbage feet. By the way, I bought your shoes a few years ago. You designed some shoes. Huh. That's something. You're a cobbler. And? They kind of oh, fell yeah. apart. Des- designer cobbler. <laughs> they did? They did a little bit. Really? I'm just kidding. No, I wore them. I wore them a bunch, but they, uh, this is an awkward way to end. I love them. They're great. I like them. But they That's did. That's weird that they one fell apart. One day my apart, foot cause... got, my, I thought garbage feet might be because, no, I'm just kidding. My, my one. Day, How yeah, hard they, do you walk? I walk. You like I, stomp I, when you walk? To be clear, I would walk. You drag your feet? Every day I would walk 80 minutes to work, like uh, 40 minutes. And I would I'm walk. not sending you a new pair. No, no, I wasn't. If that's what this angling. is about, I'm definitely not sending you Are you making pair. more shoes? Not as, not now, okay. no. No, they were, they were really cool. They were like uh, ecologically friendly and all that stuff, right? They were All that stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah, all that stuff. They said A-H on them, I think. I have them in the closet somewhere. They said hor- They said oh, Horo yeah. Vitz. And it's my friend. Yeah. It's my friend's uh, sneaker company called Keep. K-E-E-P. Wonderful. No, they were cool. I liked them. I was so excited to get them. They were some sort of small run, as I recall, too. I'm just trying to convey yeah, to you. Limited edition. I like you, and I like Beastie Boys. And I was like, I'm going to oh, fucking buy their it. shoes. I don't even give a shit. I don't need shoes. 
I like Adam. I'm going to buy some shoes. All this to say, people can learn more about Beastie Boys by Googling and going to their websites. And uh, is there a new product? There was something. However they get information. People know what to do right? right at this point. If you don't know what to do, ask somebody. Ask somebody on the internet or in real life. This is a, a bit strange, potentially. Usually when I have guests on, Adam, I ask them to pick a song from their catalog, or rather, usually a new release to go out on. We have a catalog artist here. There's nothing new we're promoting. If you could pick a Beastie Boy song for us to go out on and me to, me to potentially face a copyright claim for, can you give me an idea of what song uh, you'd like to go out on? Uh, right now. Well, well, you should play that. You should play Crawl Space because you brought it up. I did bring it up. It it's, is. It's <laughs> it's fucked up. It's not funny, but it's really funny. It's stupid. It's a very very stupid song, and and I I believe that all three of us are very proud of this song. Okay, that's that's a fair one from the I think and many like me think excellent Beastie Boys album to the Five Burrows. This is Crawl Space by Beastie Boys. Adam Horowitz. <laughs> I hope I've conveyed to you enough what this means to me. I can't thank you enough for being, by the way, just a nice, normal person I can email with. No handlers, no nothing. This was so sweet and kind. You, I can, I, I have handlers. I know. Believe if we, me. If you want to talk to them. I, believe me. I've tried you want to, talk I've to, tried to yeah. interact yeah. with the handlers over the years, and it's never really worked out. Yeah. I just want to say, well, here we are. I just want to say, thank you for being a good and decent and nice person that someone I've looked up to uh, most of my life. It really means a lot to me uh, to speak with you. So I hope you enjoyed this on some small level and I wish you the best of luck in the future and maybe we'll talk again. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for, you know, wanting me to be on the thing. See you later. There's a party going on in here for real. I got more product than Ron Popeil, so deal with that truth be true. The only airtime you get is on Bluebox. BT boys in the place, up in the space, or in the vape, or evacuate. You better think twice before you start flossing. I've been in your bathroom often, taking punk MCs out. I'm all about my to-do list today is turn the party out. Party out in here, no room to breathe. I got my pen in my hand, so you best not sleep. No, I'm not Herman Munster, not Dr. Spock. I'll go by the name of King and Rock. So here's a match, my ass in your face. Listen when I tell you, dog, I'm in your cross base. Catch me, I'm in your crawl space. space. 
schematics, blueprints, and microfilm. Calibrate your sonar when I'm in your realm. Cause you know we're getting scarier and scarier. And this extends beyond the tri-state area. Omnipresent and omnipotent. My rhymes are whales and yours are rolling. This means huge compared to very small. You look a little chilly, can I get you a show? Cause these rhymes are 200 proof. The like anvils lined up on the roof. Waiting to drop on your corny melody. Cause we're not buying what you're selling. First you want to buy then you start to whine. You're looking hungry, it must be your last time. It's a time where you feel safe, but don't sleep, no chase. I'm in your cold space, cold space, cold space. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What can I say? That's a thrill. That's a thrill of a lifetime. I just want to thank Adam Horowitz. I want to thank my friends uh, Guy and Kathy for connecting me with Adam. And Adam, uh, I don't know what else to say. Thank you so much for appearing on this the 770th episode of Creative Control. 770th, I say. Thank you to Adam. Thanks to you out there listening. Uh, Creative Control is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook, if you like. You can follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or uh, follow me directly on Instagram and Twitter at Vishkana. You can also visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to support this podcast. $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. You get episodes earlier. You get bonus stuff. Uh, if you want to receive a creative control t-shirt, just message me on the Patreon there and I'll get you one while supplies last. And uh, yeah, again, it doesn't have to be $6. It could be any amount you want. It could be $4. It could be $25 a month. Whatever you feel is affordable for you and maybe, uh, you know, worth uh, supporting this show and keeping it going. It means a lot, so thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks again to the amazing Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and order things by their website there, blackbird.ca. They are located at Edmonton and Calgary in terms of uh, bricks and mortar Brick and mortar? Is it bricks and mortar? There are multiple bricks. I don't know what that expression is. You know what I mean. They have stores uh, that are uh, buildings. And you can learn more about all of that stuff, again, at blackbird.ca. also want to thank uh, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planted Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, 
and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on this show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, I can't thank him enough. Thank you, Adam Horowitz, for being on this show. And uh, for those of you listening to this, if you head over to the uh, Creative Control YouTube channel at some point soon, if not already, you will see a very touching thing for me. Uh, My son, who is 11 years old, got to ask Adam three questions. We turned it into a little video, a little bit of uh, 11-year-old journalism. It is great. It means a lot to me. My son... Over the moon. Cannot believe they got to meet and interact with Adam Adrock Horovitz from Beastie Boys. And so it's a fun thing. So if you want to check that out. Otherwise, thank you for listening to this episode and for checking out Creative Control, subscribing to it and following it and all that stuff if you can. And maybe telling your friends about it and maybe they'll do the same things. Thank you. Thank you, Adam, Gee, Kathy. Thank you all for listening. I will talk to you soon. I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm so overwhelmed by this. Okay, I got to go. I'm wandering away from the microphone. I'm just going to talk this whole time. Okay, bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.